everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. We are really fortunate to have from Delta G, Brian McMahon, who is the Chief Strategy Officer. I've had some people that have reached out with questions about one of the newer studies that came out regarding ketones and EPO production after exercise. And so I had been hitting him up with questions that I had via email. Uh, and he was like, hey, if you want to chat about it, let's do it. So Brian, thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate you taking the time to help to clarify some of the science here for those of us that are really kind of new to the ketone world. Yeah, it's fantastic to be here. It's always great to see you. So thanks for having me. Awesome. So for those that aren't familiar, EPO is obviously, it has a weird name in cycling because athletes were using ways to produce more EPO in an illegal way. <clears throat> and you can look online about more information about what it exactly is, but really more red blood cell production and EPO is the primary regulator for this. So if you can have more EPO naturally produced after exercise, this is going to be a good thing. Do some more research if you want to go into it. That's beyond kind of the scope of this podcast. But what I want to talk about is athletes in the study, and we'll put a link in if you want to go through and look through it, were given about what equates to about a half a bottle to three quarters of a bottle, one hour and two hour post-exercise with their uh, normal carb and protein mix. And you can look through when they were sampling all the blood. And in conclusion... The ketone monoester, which is not in every ketone product, and I'll talk about that in a second, but this increased post-exercise EPO concentrations, and this is a new study, but this is just one more really exciting thing about ketones. Um, Brian, did I miss anything about that, kind of like the intro of what the study was about that might be important? Um, no, I think, but it, it was immediately post-exercise and then one hour mark and then two hour mark. So actually okay. three doses. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. And then for people who are like, wait a minute, these two guys are wearing Delta G shirts. Brian works for Delta G. I'm just a huge fan. If you maybe missed the episode, I started getting into ketones when we were talking about this with athletes in our discord server. And I unfortunately tried the fake ones that are nothing like a ketone monoester. And I'll link to that video as well, where I go into the science of what's in these different drinks. Delta G is the gold standard. And if you want the best ketone for athletic performance, I the number of people that have tried this on gravel races, road races, it, it is insane. Um, and then also, um, it kind of comes up in the study, I take it every morning in a small dose, just five grams for mental sharpness, which when I read about this, I was like, uh, okay, it just turned things on. It's incredible. So I think that's really where we're going to see ketones take off in the public. And for most human beings that aren't trying to be an endurance athlete, these small doses are just, it's insane what five grams does. What do you guys see from your side of things, Brian? Is that more the market right now, like people get into it, like the coffee booster that you have, or is it mostly people in the sports world really jumping on? Cause I know that you have a ton of triathletes that use this. Yeah, no, it, it definitely started because it was a, it was built as a performance enhancing mm -hmm. food for the military. Um, so of course, initially it was pretty much the Tour de France, Ironman athletes, ultra runners, uh, who were using the product in the initial stages of the company. But now, yeah, it's it's certainly um, the percentage of people who are using it for just general metabolic health, brain health, cognition, glucose mm -hmm. control, fasting support, all these things um, that you would get from a daily supplement like this. 
that's starting to really take the lion's share of, of our sales. Um, and, and really it's, it's what it should be um, because there are, appear to be now two different levels of this deep ketosis. Let's say one to two millimolar is that cognition, metabolic health kind of state that I mentioned. And then above that is going to be what we call athletic ketosis or okay. performance ketosis, um, which is what you need to get to, to have these uh, performance and recovery or even EPO benefits. Okay. So this is where the question, this is a great segue to the first question, because usually I'll recommend to people when they want to try, I said, get two, three packs. Initially, I was telling people get a three pack. The problem was you definitely want to try something new before your race day. So they would try one, they'd have a great ride with it. They'd be like, okay, I want to use the other one. Then they'd get to their event day and they're like, damn, I only have one left and I wish I had two. And so I would say get two, three packs. You have a pack that you can mess around with, figure out what's working for you. And then a pack that you have, You, if you're doing a super long gravel race, you might want three bottles that day. But now with the recovery, somebody emailed me and said, okay, so dang, now I really like, how, how would you break this down? What are you doing? And my first question to Brian was in the study, they're talking about, you know, taking half to three quarters of a bottle. It was actually... 0.29 grams per one kilogram of body weight. So you, you guys can do your own math on that. It's a little over a bottle for a 70 kg athlete. For an at, for someone who's saying, hey, I might not be able to afford this full bottle post-exercise. Mm -hmm. Based on the study, are these benefits like, do you get a little bit less of the benefit if you take a little bit less? Should people take five to 10 grams? Or is that kind of like, if you're going to commit to this, you need to do the amount that is posted in the study. Do we know any like is is a sliding scale or what, what would you recommend for people? Yeah, the dose response um, on the recovery side is difficult because all of the recovery and I'll talk about recovery in in the EPO because this was used in a recovery protocol. Okay. Um, all of those have been pretty large doses, mm -hmm. so um, it's difficult to say. Yeah, five or ten grams would accomplish the recovery side. But um, as far as the EPO goes, um, I, I, of course, we have relationships with both PIs. And I'll actually get them. There, there was actually a second EPO study that I can talk about, too. Um, mm, cool. That came out. Um, but for that first EPO study, um, the pilot data did show that you needed to get to pretty deep levels of ketosis to have the impact on EPO that the riders did in the study. Okay. And that was around two and a half millimolar is what you kind of wanted to shoot for, which is going to be probably 20 to 30 grams for the average individual. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. And everybody, if you're curious, how do I know what this is? You can get a mojo meter on, do you guys still sell them on the website? We do. Yeah. Yeah. We yeah. partnered with keto mojo. Yeah. So get the keto mojo. It's super easy when you get it. Um, I can even, if you have problems, ask me, cause I was intimidated when I first got, you have these strips and you got the meter and you have to do the pin prick. And once you do it, once it's a no brainer, but you want to do that. So you can actually test what is the ketone ester doing when you ingest it. So that's really important. And Delta G has been awesome in trying to educate people on doing that. And if you watch my other video, you'll realize that I was taking drinks that did nothing like that. And so that's really having the meter really lets you know if you're comparing apples to apples. Yeah. And I, and I, sorry to interject, but I, I say no. this a lot to people. Um, when they are taking other products, which you should, if you want to experiment with other products, we fully encourage you to do that. Um, but you have to understand what's the, really what's the point of taking an exogenous ketone. Mm -hmm. It's to increase your blood ketones mm -hmm. to these ergogenic levels safely and effectively. 
full stop. So if they don't do those, then they're not really fulfilling what they promised. And is there anything you can add to the ketone to maybe like bump up that uh, millimolar? For sure. Yeah. So we have uh, some R&D still at Oxford, University of Oxford, which is kind of where it came from. Um, and we do a lot of our own internal testing. And we had, we actually noticed a co-potentiating symbiotic relationship between caffeine and mm. delta G. So, um, yeah, when taken together, you actually need less delta G to achieve certain levels of ketosis. Okay. So it kind of like accelerates that rise in blood mm -hmm. ketones. Any recommendations like the amount of caffeine? Um, I would say 80 to, to maybe 150 um, okay. will equate um, to maybe point again it depends on how much delta g you're taking but um yeah probably like 1.2 times the amount of millimolar okay. you would get usually so like a cup of coffee is going to increase it yeah yeah for, okay. sure. for sure yeah which is actually one of the reasons why we launched that delta gold product okay awesome yeah, that coffee, coffee booster yeah that i and i just love those bottles i love i'm i get all the tactical the bricks of gold. like taking yeah. it on the bike but i love the glass bottle if you guys are yeah. taking this at home get some of the coffee booster is the exact same thing as the tactical. It's just, you want the plastic. If you're riding your bikes, you don't have this glass bottle that you could possibly break on the road. And the gold one though, is just, I loved, I ripped the label off and just like sits there and it looks really pretty. I love it. So love it. the second question that came in was, is there any hypothesizing on how much does the timing matter? Like how mm -hmm. soon after the workout is completed, do they were taking it right after, as you said, mm -hmm. does the consumption matter? Do they, do they look into this at all? Or is that something down the line or what would you guys think? Is there any hypothesis that we could look towards? It probably matters because of how much your body changes right after a workout to like 30 minutes after your workout or an hour after your workout. Okay. Um, but that second EPO study I mentioned, their protocol was actually 30 minutes after they were done mm. and then 30 minutes before sleep. So, um, and they noticed actually 25% increase in EPO. So mm. um, 30 minutes, I would say within the hour is probably the right time to take it. Okay. Um, but yeah, I think, do you, do you want me to just quickly touch on that other study? Yeah, go that, for it. Yeah. Yeah. So this was, this was really exciting. So we had that, that study that you, you mentioned on, on the 20% increase in EPO. And then a second study came out, I think three or four months later out of a, um, a group um, in Belgium who's been doing a lot of ketone monoester work. And they noticed an increase in EPO and angiogenesis, okay. which is the, the growth of blood vessels and capillaries. Um, of course, that's very important uh, to transferring blood into the um, skeletal, skeletal muscle. So um, EPO and angiogenesis. So that was... Um, that was also very, very exciting. And they, again, was used more of a recovery protocol. Mm -hmm. So like I said, they had a full bottle. I think it was um, 25 grams. It wasn't like 0.3 grams per kilogram. Um, it was just 25 grams across the board. Okay. Uh, 30 minutes after the workout, like I said, and then 30 minutes before sleep. I mean, yeah, if people can, if you can afford it after I'm thinking of like the big mega sessions, like if you have a race sim, if you have a big race, like this is, and especially for a race coming up the next day, that's when I would do it. Cause I know everyone's like, I can't do this every weekend. You don't have to do it. You do it when yeah. you can, like there's going to be benefit. And I think you nailed it. Take the 20 grams and then wait an hour later like if if you're used to taking the five to ten gram doses like another 10 grams later it's not gonna hurt um yeah. so 
Yeah, that's interesting. I'm going to definitely be trying to mess around with this. The other thing that I needed some education on. So there was a part where it was talking about, and I hope I don't butcher this, serum beta-hydroxybutyrate concentrations were higher and glucose concentrations were lower in the ketone group versus the mm -hmm. control group in the first study. What does this mean in terms of glucose? Like it, why would a glucose concentration be lower? Because I think I was talking to a friend and they're like, wait, is this that thing where if you take too many ketones, it's inhibiting glucose in the blood or am I, are we on the right path with something like that? Or can you shine some light on that? No, you're exactly right. I mean, if you take too much ketones or too mm -hmm. many ketones, um, it will inhibit glycolysis, which is like right. the use of glucose and it'll probably push you into a hypoglycemic state. But yeah, as long as- How much is that about? So someone who's like thinking that, and this, we actually maybe should have said this before. This is a product where- okay, hey, I'm doing like a bottle's working for me. More is not better. More could actually be worse, correct? So this is where, what's too many ketones? Um, anything that pushes you above probably four and a half or five mill, millimolar. Okay. Um, again, going to be different for per individual, but okay. as long as you're just taking like one bottle maximum okay. of our product, you'll be fine. Okay. Well, it's good had, to say, man, because I like cyclists. I know, I know. We, we're we like, this had, is working. I should do more. Yeah. I mean, endurance athletes always think that more is better or, or sometimes <laughs> think that more is better. Um, yeah. We have had a couple athletes who just like pound two bottles of tactical at one time um, without taking any kind of glucose. But um, as far as this like seesaw effect with yeah. blood yeah. ketones and blood glucose, um, I think it's actually a very good thing if you dose appropriately because what you don't want is to take some glucose and then you have a spike in blood glucose and then that subsequent crash. Mm -hmm. So if you can actually limit that spike, um, which always, especially for endurance athletes, isn't always a great thing. Um, then you can limit that subsequent crash. So, so you can actually have a stabilization effect if you take Delta G with it. But what's really happening is not only do ketones serve as an energy source for, for, for cells and, and for the body, but they also serve as signaling mechanisms within the body. So if you have elevated ketone levels, your liver specifically will actually output less glucose into the system and your, and your liver actually holds a lot of glycogen. Mm -hmm. So if you start working, let's say you're fasted and you start working out aggressively, the liver is going to dump a lot of glucose into your system so that you'll have enough energy. Um, but if you actually have elevated ketone levels, your liver is going to release a little bit less glucose into your system. Right. And I think that's actually a good thing because you probably don't need that dump of glucose. Right. Because your body probably thinks you're just sprinting and you're going to be done soon. Right. But if you're doing like a five hour ride, you don't necessarily want that, that massive dump of, of blood glucose. So yeah. it actually can kind of control that a little better. I think. That's interesting because I don't do a ton of fasted riding except for when I'm forced to with super early rides. And I had actually just commented to Landry, my coach that, uh, I didn't eat breakfast, brought carbs, but not a ton was mm -hmm. trying to stick to like 90 ish. Cause sometimes I think I overdo carbs. I love carbs. And I felt the best towards like the three and a half hour mark. And mm -hmm. you know, I, the only thing I had before I left was about probably 15 grams of Delta G. And so that I was kind of surprised. Like, man, I feel like really solid right now. And that could just potentially be the ketones helping me regulate. I mean, I definitely had enough carbs the night before, but as you said, it's in my liver and liver glycogen. And so that's really interesting. I think this just, 
again, shines the light of how beneficial it would be to have glycogen spared, especially mm-hmm. in a long ride like this, where you don't need to take on as many carbs. We're not doing like 120 grams, like a race day. So that's interesting. It's, these are definitely something that everybody needs to, it's an ex- expensive experiment, but finding what works for you. And when you do, it's like people that are doing these long races are like the, the focus, which I thought was like the yes, focus. Yeah. focus. It's like uh, the, be- the best uh, term that I've heard is like, it basically erases fatigue. It's like a mm-hmm. fatigue resistant product. You just feel fresh again. Like someone hit the reset button. And I just, it's crazy, man. Like you guys must just from all the comments that you hear from athletes, like when you realize a product that is going to change sports, it, I can only imagine what you guys hear from people. No, it's it's funny you say that because I would say the most common response is the, let's say, mitigation of cognitive fatigue when you are, when you're, when you're physically stressed. So um, like, for instance, um, Zach Bitter, I'm not sure if you know him. I don't know. Um, Zach. Ultra runner. Um, I think he has a few records. I think he has the US 100 mile record and the 24 hour <laughs> record. Okay. Yeah, his, his split, that 100 mile run, I think was 645. Okay. Yeah. So he's, yeah, he's a beast. Slightly um, fast. Yeah. He's slightly fast. He's okay. Um, and, uh, yeah, he uses Delta G now. And, um, yeah, that's the thing he said, he did it on a hundred miler, um, I think two months ago. And he was like, I, I felt really good. I think my, my energy was really consistent, but the thing I noticed the most was I just, I didn't have that many demons at like mile 70, you know, mm. I just was able to focus more and it just like felt a lot better and I felt more positive and, and just, and, and it's it's tough to describe that to people. I was just know? gonna say this does not even do it justice. It sounds like yeah, it, it sounds like this this limitless pill or something. But um, but no, it's it's I think it's and intuitively it does make sense. You are providing your brain with what we believe is its preferred energy source that it wouldn't have otherwise. And we actually finally that that Belgian group that did one of the EPO studies did another study that came out I think a month ago um with ultra runners um and it was funny i sent this to zach like right away because it was like a week after he we had that that conversation um and it did show an increase in dopamine and more cognitive alertness in a an ultra runner so yeah so they had them do they had them do cognitive tests after i think it was like an 80 kilometer run and the ones who took delta g performed much better than the ones that that did not so there's the study, it's an old one, I think, where like if you see some, a smiling face, like a smiley face when you're doing hard exercise, you feel better. And if you just smile yourself, it like releases dopamine or whatever. You for feel sure, better. for sure. Yeah. I'm like fresher. And that is the first time I, uh, I think it was the first mega ride I did with this. I can't remember. It was over 100 miles. It was in North Carolina, tons of climbing. And I was at like hour four and I was planning to go seven hours and I took a little bit at hour two, but then I took half a bottle. I think it was, I'd have to look back hour four, four and a half. And it was for cyclists. I was like riding endurance. All of a sudden I was like, I feel like I just ride tempo now, just that little bit harder. I felt Mm -hmm. like the past four hours hadn't really happened. And I ended up in my driveway at hour seven. And I was thinking maybe I should just go a couple more hours. I'm like, Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's, that's doing too much, Brendan. Just, you're good, but <laughs> yeah. to ride that far and to not feel mentally wrecked, that's when I was, okay, there's something to this thing. And then once I got into races, it was, it, it does sound, we need to figure out a way to verbalize this feeling better because it's like, you're just keyed into what you are doing. And 
We have a, we have a, a, our, our president of the company is a Navy SEAL, former Navy SEAL, and uh, he calls it the Delta G ready state, which ah. we thought was appropriate. Yeah, I like that. That is uh, dead on. Yeah, but we're, we're trying. Yeah, it's, it's, it's unique for everybody, too, um, you know, and, and people always have a different way of describing it. Yeah, just subjectively, which is uh, has been fun to see. Well, I pre this, these were the, the biggest things that we had questions on. Is there anything else um, from a study that you think we need to highlight or any other kind of cool new things coming out? And what's the best way for people to keep up with kind of this new industry of stuff? Do you guys tweet stuff? I know I follow you on Instagram to keep up with the posts there. Is there any, any other good ways to kind of stay in the know of what's going on? Yeah, so so quickly um, on the the EPO studies, I think it's worth mentioning that um, there is a theory out there that <clears throat> when we're when we're exercising, we're increasing EPO. Um, you know what I mean? So so uh, we're all if, if you do a lot of hard exercise, you're going to be increasing EPO. Just your body needs to keep up with your body. Your 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 blood cells need to keep up with your body. The energy needs, or the oxygen needs. Um, so there is a theory that using ketones for recovery helped the athletes recover better, therefore perform better, therefore increase EPO. Okay. Um, so that's one theory, but I'm not so sure about that because we actually do have a hypoxia study coming out relatively soon that did show increased um, red blood cell count and red blood flow to the brain outside of any kind of endurance training. So um, yeah, it's, it's a really interesting field and it's really new for us too because that EPO study kind of came out of left field. So, hmm. um, and, and the hypoxia stuff has been going on for a little while, but um, I think it's going to definitely open up a lot of different research doors cool. um, in the future. But um, how, how would we keep up with that type of research besides getting onto PubMed ourselves and like following tags of ketones or what? What do you? Think? So, so yeah, we're 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 um, we're kind of ramping up our our Twitter Twitter presence. Um, hmm. I think that's probably the best way to uh, communicate. A lot cool. of the stuff so you can follow me um i think it's brian mcmahon 126 on twitter and of course delta g um and we're always posting any kind of new study that comes out we'll post about it we'll talk about it um and of course on the website we'll post it there and um we're actually launching a new website soon that will have all of the blogs anything that that comes out will be fully written about by technical writers and it'll just be like a a one-stop shop for anything ketone related all the questions all the questions well, i can stop bothering you you can send me to the website <laughs> yeah right <laughs> no i love what Dude, you but like the, no, just i'm like oh god i gotta email brian about this again but i seriously can't thank you enough for just the time you've spent in trying to answer evoke athletes and myself and it's just like a lot of questions and i'm sure you can tell though by my long-winded answers that i actually like like answering it well so. that but i actually really appreciate when you're like actually there's not a great answer on that yet. Like the science just isn't there. And there's, there's a very, there have been times, and this is actually, uh, people are going to hit not to blow smoke at you guys. There have been times yeah. where I've even tried to be like, well, maybe we should take more. And you're like, no more running more is not better. There's ways that I guess I could say you guys can sell more product by saying certain things and you don't do that. And that's what I really appreciate. It's like you actually care about what's the best thing for the athlete and the person and if there's not a scientific way to explain that like we just don't we don't know that yet and so yeah i mean it's it's still a it's still a new research field you know even though we yeah. do have i think 55 published studies um there's a lot ongoing but i would say the the performance side is still a bit 
debated in the research field. Um, and we're pretty honest about that. Um, I think that may be a function of the difficulty in doing a performance clinical trial mm. um, and really making it super sound where you, got, you can actually study outcomes mm-hmm. fairly. Um, but the, I would say the, the recovery side is way less debated now. Mm. And I think that's probably the hottest field. Um, and I would say that uh, now it's got to be 100% of the Tour de France teams are using ketones. Wow. Um, yeah, but I would say that probably 50 to 60% are using them for, for performance. Okay. So all of them are using it for recovery. And probably 50 to 60%, I would say, are using it for, for performance. Wow, that's wild. Yeah. yeah, so it's funny. Whenever anybody says to me, which is fair, that, that there's, no, there's not a ton of clear scientific data to back up the performance benefits, um, which is, is relatively fair, you kind of can just point at the Tour de France a little bit. Like they are on the cutting edge of all this stuff, and they're spending a lot of money on it. So they must, there must be something there. And, and, of course, we work closely with them. Um, but, but there's something there and we, I think we just have to figure out a way to get that across to people to make it feasible for them to use. There is a podcast called inside exercise. And I caught an episode with a guy, Andy Coggin, who's big in the cycling world. He was big into helping put out a lot of the information, on how to use power meters to get faster. And he's a PhD. He's, I believe an exercise physiologist and I just posted a video that he he was on Inside Exercise and he is a man of the science and he is saying that the best predictor of performance is performance itself. And he said, everyone thinks that these lab studies and that science is the number one thing to go to. And he goes, I'm here to tell you, it's actually performance. And, mm-hmm. he, and now we're in this age and I don't know when it started, but it's like, well, I'll be in a forum talking about different types of intervals or workouts. I'm like, well, where's the study to prove that? I'm like, the study to prove that you think they have a study on everyone who went out and did a two-hour ride. <laughs> yeah. This interval yeah. I'm like, did you get faster? <laughs> did you know, like it's so performance matters. And I think you nailed it. like when the Tour de France teams who have how many coaches and nutritionists and everybody looking over what they put in their body, if they're using it, there's a reason why. The science has to catch up sometimes. It's like so yeah, I'm more in, Hey, is it working for me? Am I getting better from it? So it's then the science will come for sure down the road. For but. sure. And yeah. And, and sorry to keep you, but there is this one other study that came out kind of recently and it used Delta G um, and it was taking a decent amount of it for a 20 minute time trial, just immediate 20 minute go. Um, and it didn't, didn't show any performance benefits in this specific trial. Okay. And so of course, and the Washington Post picked it up and all these other people picked it up saying all these Tour de France teams are wasting all their money. This study shows that ketones don't work, you know, where it's like, it's just like the study was not at all comparable to a Tour de France race or anything like that. And everyone just can just make all these speculations about, uh, about the science, you know, so I think it's people can use studies in a lot of different ways. Exactly. And I don't want to be an anti I'm, I love science. I think the studies are important. I think it's just, we miss that studies that are based around endurance performance are very hard to control. And that sometimes a study is put out because there's people in grad school or they're in a lab and I forget who said this. Do you know why there's so many cycling studies? Because there's a cycling ergometer there and they have access to a bicycle that is yeah. stationary. Guess what? In their lab. They don't do as much, you know, they don't not have to go to the pool to watch people swimming. They don't, they bring people to the lab and do it. And that's so 
sometimes studies are out there because someone needs to get college, not college credit, whatever the credit is for their course. And I forget what science guy was talking about that. I'm like, man, that's really interesting. I never thought about that. Like, why does the study exist? Um, so for sure, right, we, yeah. we need to be careful of what we take. And I would say the same thing. If you read a ketone study, make sure it's not two people and then make sure you test it on yourself. Cause as Brian's saying, everyone is a little bit different. And so Take what you know, make an educated decision, and then you got to put it on you as well. So, man, thank you for doing this. This is great. It's uh, super exciting. Just more really cool stuff about ketones. And as always, appreciate your time and help in trying to understand all this. No, it's always good to be here. And uh, yeah, you can ask me to come back whenever you want. All right. Sounds good. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. We'll talk to you soon.